Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. We all know about that in my life and how hard that's been for me and also my listeners. You guys hear them talking about it on the mailbags. It is hard to manage finances with a partner. Putting away money for retirement, since I'm not going to be doing this podcast forever. Sorry, I guess I could, but retirement is huge for me. I am deeply focused on it right now and planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Taxes are a doozy and it's always changing. How do you know what to do? Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This was an amazing moment is that we were on a podcast and somebody said um, that they did not want Hillary Clinton to run for president, but they did want Elizabeth Warren to run for president. Oh, cool. And I was like, cool. I was original like, thought. You can't oh, just substitute women. Right. Or actually, Rhea said that. Rhea said you can't just substitute women. Like, that's that's weird. I, no, you realize I, those are different I, people. What I said was because he was like, this isn't about gender. If it was Elizabeth Warren, I would be supporting her and sure. i said if it wasn't about gender then you wouldn't bring up as elizabeth warren correct like only elizabeth right so then ria said this on a podcast and then somebody yelled at me on the internet and <laughs> what i loved is that in a moment where we were like you can't tell the difference between women somebody couldn't, couldn't tell, the, tell difference the difference between, between women, women. <laughs> yes <laughs> i love Yay! that i know the That's... internet you got problems that you ought to be concerned with supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it you're a freak with a dark shameful secret but you're not the only one get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun now your healing has begun it's bad with money with gabby dunn hello i'm gabby dunn america's deadbeat sweetheart and financial moron as you hopefully gathered from my episode with my boyfriend garrett being bad with money can get even more complicated when you decide to share your life with a romantic partner gross. Just kidding. In my case, you end up doing a lot of lying and being shady about things, which is not ideal. In that episode, you heard Garrett talk about believing in a future with me, even though my aforementioned financial idiocy has caused us both a lot of stress. Which makes me feel great, obviously. Particularly because it's really hard to say what direction our lives are going to take professionally. As I keep reminding you guys, Allison and I have a bunch of big-time projects out there in the ether, which, side note, I will tell you about as soon as I can, unless they end up crashing and burning, and then I will not have told you anything about it. I will just be depressed. That's the thing. These projects might crash and burn and never go anywhere. Same for Garrett. He might get hired as a TV writer and then will be an incredibly attractive and influential Hollywood power couple, which, P.S., we already are. Or he might decide his entertainment career isn't going the way he wants and go back to selling sheep stocks to soybean farmers or whatever he used to do. If the scenario I was talking about earlier comes to pass and all of my projects fall apart in a spectacular flame out, then he'll probably have tons of money and I'll be broke. Or maybe all my stuff will blow up in a good way and suddenly I'm a straight up entertainment mogul and his comedy career goes nowhere. Plus all the big banks fail and he's relegated to a life as my arm candy. Which, not a bad life. The point is, Whatever happens, while we're bound together emotionally, our financial paths are still relatively separate, even though we have similar dreams. And that makes things slightly uncertain. And it also takes a certain amount of pressure off the relationship. I'm not dependent on Garrett, and he's not dependent on me. For my guests today, the opposite is true. They're married to each other, emotionally and professionally. So it would be like if I married Allison. At the moment, that's going pretty well for them. They created a hit show on CISO called Take My Wife, 
It's so good. You guys should watch it. It's amazing. When we recorded this podcast, it wasn't out, but now it's out and it's great. They co-host a UCB show called Put Your Hands Together, which is great. I've been to it. I can vouch for all their things. And when they were here in the studio with me, it certainly appeared that they like each other very much. I speak, of course, of Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher, whose work I've loved forever and ever. And I was so curious to know how they approach this challenge of so completely joining their lives to one another. Guys, they literally refer to their relationship as a small business. On top of all that, their TV show, Take My Wife, which they co-wrote and co-star in, is directly based on their real-life marriage. What's wrong? It's broken. I found it like that. I, I thought we could get it sized for you. Where, at a welder's? We can get you a new band. <sighs> She's not the ring I imagined. But we only talked about it once and it was two seconds ago. Yeah, but then I had a lot of thoughts real quick. Like, I thought, is it a princess cut? And what is that? And I thought, what am I going to do with the ring when I'm washing the dishes? And I thought, are we ever going to get to see the original cast of Hamilton? I didn't realize the ring was such a big deal. My parents have been divorced my whole life. I- I've, like, never seen a wedding ring. You've never seen a ring? You've never seen Lord of the Rings? The Olympics? You've never seen a ring? It's supposed to be one whole thing, like a complete circle, and it's unbroken. And a wedding ring? The symbolism is it's not broken so the relationship can stay unbroken. Doesn't this all seem, like, really intense? But I don't know, guys. They seem pretty cool about it. Pretty goddamn cool. Why are they so cool? I love them. Do they love me? Cam and Rhea, please hire Gabby Dunn for your marriage and or business. So do you guys want to say who you are to each other and also who you are to the world at large? Oh, that's a great way of saying that. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'm Rhea Butcher. And we are stand-up comics and wives of Of each each other. other. I'm the wife of her. And she is the wife of me. You have to clarify (laughs) that because people go, obviously, your wives. I love doing that. To to someone, but like to who? This is my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my wife. We are wives. We're wives of each other. I love wives of each other. Yeah. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask do either of you remember the first time that you made money doing comedy, and what was that? Yes, actually, so much. I we had really different paths mm-hmm. to stand up. Um, Rhea had like a whole other career. I was um, a WNBA basketball star. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. And I remember during the night and during the day, a graphic designer because yeah, you that. actually can't make enough just playing in the WNBA to support yourself. I so know. that's why she was a graphic designer. And I think that the all WNBA the time about I go, I watch MMA, and I think that all the time about how that's not their only job. They have to like go do something else because they're not making right tons with of money whatever doing. happened to their faces. Exactly. So okay, so were you ju- you just was, made money from comedy? So Did you when, have the other day jobs? after I graduated from college, I got my first job doing comedy professionally. I auditioned for an improv group in Boston that was based at a theater that paid money. Um, and I got in. And then three months later, I auditioned for like the main mm-hmm. improv theater that had a main stage show that so it was like six nights a week and um, multiple shows each night. And I was doing that three months out of college, making like a half living doing comedy. Like a part-time job amount of money? Well, I mean, it was a full-time job mm-hmm. with a part-time job amount of money. No, um, yeah. So, and then I also had another full-time job. So my first year out of college, I worked 80 hours a week and I did, I worked at a school during the day and then I went, like I went to the school and, and said to them like, hey, can I have all my classes that I uh, 
work in earlier in the day so that I can leave and go do comedy at night. So I would work like seven to three at the school, and then I would work from four till ten. Doing you were like a TA. I was a tutor at this charter school in Boston that had. This is all. This sounds like a magical fairy tale that had live-in <laughs> tutors. So I actually lived at the high what? school. You yeah. worked at Hogwarts. I did, yeah. But I remember getting my first paycheck as a comic. Like, mm-hmm. I remember it was a check. That's funny because if you start in stand-up, the first thing you get is probably not a check. But I started in improv You first. get a drink ticket. You get drink tickets. Yeah. Then you get, like, a cool 20 kind yeah. of slid across a table. And you have but... to fill out a bunch of paperwork <laughs> yeah. to get that $20. No, sure. Oh, no. There's no paperwork. No, There's no money trail for stand-up to, comedy money. I had to fill out, paper like, so much paperwork to get $20 one time. <laughs> and then they called me and were like, you filled out the paperwork wrong for the $20 oh in God. cash we handed you. Yeah. I mean, it's... I really don't think it matters, but okay. <laughs> the IRS is going to be real upset about yeah exactly Uh, yeah so but you knew you wanted to do comedy full-time that was the goal i didn't know that was a job and also it was ridiculous that i didn't know it was a job because everybody else that i worked with on that improv company it was their full-time job and then they were also 10 years older than me right so like they had been working there like grinding it out taking classes Mm -hmm. and i was just like some idiot that was 22 (laughs) like i didn't I wore, I just think about this all the time. I wore these shirts that like didn't fully cover my belly button and we were constantly like falling on the floor because it was improv. And I just remember like my shirt was always riding up and I was just imagining like being 33 (laughs) and having to work with like this idiot 23 year old. Like just like, if nothing else, can your shirt cover your body? You were like the Siri of that workplace. I was just like, what? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So it was a real problem. I remember seeing stand up for the first time and thinking like it's so cool that they let these actors do this. Like I thought they were <laughs> yeah. like actor like I in college. I was like they're actors. They clearly like are in movies and TV shows and then they also Comedy Central is sometimes like you can do an hour special. Right. Like that's really what I thought. Yes, absolutely. I mean <sighs> I had no idea it was a job. I I was a big jock in high school and mm-hmm. and in college I was really into God. <laughs> so, Great. Really, Which is, as everyone knows, a full-time job. So, I was yeah. really committed to that. So. What was your first paying, or one, maybe several paying comedy gigs? Yeah, I mean, well, to give you a little bit of background. Oh, to yeah, about rival, your graphic design, <laughs> my too. My wife's background. Um, I went to uh, undergrad for printmaking. That's like what my bachelor cool, cool, cool. is at BFA. And then I applied and got into like multiple master's programs for a terminal degree to like teach in college and then I went to the University of Notre Dame for a year and then I dropped out and got an office job in Chicago because as you know Notre Dame is in Indiana and Mm -hmm. I was moving from Ohio to Indiana and I was like I gotta get out of here this is a lateral move yeah I just needed to I really as a as a lesbian needed to be in a city yeah and I didn't I haven't realized that until honestly recently that that was like the driving force of Mm -hmm. getting out of there was that i just was like honestly the first season of the l word was my gay friends Mm -hmm. so i just like needed community yeah and so i moved to chicago and i worked as like a screen printer which i had already done in ohio a little bit uh back in akron hello and uh (laughs) well it took 15 (laughs) minutes for that to come up most of that was cameron talking so it's fine um and then uh i worked as like like cameron said a graphic designer but it wasn't like creative design it was like a lot of production design is that the Um, office job that you had that's the office job that i had so it's a lot of just like kind of editing basically being like an editor and not really like making the thing you're not writing the thing you're checking the thing and making sure it's right did you want to do comedy 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I wanted to do comedy my whole life, and I had no idea that it was something you could do. So when I was in Chicago, some friends of mine started taking improv classes, and I was like, oh, I'm funnier than them. And so I started taking improv classes, too, at Second City, and I really loved it. And somebody actually suggested I take Cameron's stand-up class. Because she what? Had, I used she to teach a stand-up class. Yeah, she created a all-female all stand-up class, but she wasn't teaching it anymore. And then I realized, oh, she hosts an open mic, and it's down the street from my house. I should just go to that, mm-hmm. watch her do stand-up. I'll probably it's probably similar to the class. And then it was. I did, started doing stand-up there. She got your class for free. Yeah. I just realized. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just realized something um, while you've been talking, which is, I think I know. Who is the first person that paid you to do stand-up comedy? It's, it's you. I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, my God. Way to ruin the great twist that was coming at the thanks, end. Thanks, Cameron. Uh, and then, so I started, it was at Cole's open mic. That was going to be adorable. Yeah, It'll yeah, still I be mean, adorable. Tell a story. Um, so I, I did uh, Cameron's open mic, and then that was in August of 2011 and then at the it was in december or january uh you were going to cleveland with the putterboss sisters and you asked me to come along because you knew i was from there and so that was the first time i ever did comedy like outside of chicago and it was the first time i ever got like paid paid that it it wasn't just like um no no, it was not but i think i also paid me out of the i think i also paid you to open for me in chicago even before oh yeah yeah you're right cameron was doing a run of of shows called uh, Side Mullet Nation, and she paid me to do those shows twice, then in Cleveland. And then the third time, non-Esposito pay <laughs> was from the Comedy Shrine in Aurora, Illinois, mm-hmm. oh. which was like, it's like a club. And I was like, holy shit, like I did 20 yeah. minutes for the first time, and they paid me for the first time. And Did you know how much money it was going to be or were you like surprised ever by like oh this is how much you make for one night or this is how much you oh i mean i didn't think i was going to get paid for any of the i mean i just kind of assumed like the gig was the payment you know yeah no we'll have people on like our youtube channel and we'll be like okay here's your you know obviously it's an independent youtube channel so we're not paying a lot but we'll be like here's your 50 bucks here's your 100 bucks and they're always like shocked Mm -hmm. that like so i think a lot of times for like creative stuff like web series or stand-up shows or whatever, people are not expecting, like, anything. Yeah. Well, by that time, I was... And this is probably the same reason those people are getting paid. By that time, I was making a full-time living doing stand-up, and I had mm-hmm. been for a couple of years. And mm-hmm. I think once you're doing that, uh, if you keep all that for yourself, like, even if you just don't give somebody 20 bucks for their appearance, right. it's, like, such bad karma. You're gonna... Yeah. That's what I think. Like, it is gonna come back on you. And I think, like, to me, it's, so, like... So it's going to come back on you. If I support, if I'm like trying to support independent creators with my like words or whatever by hiring them, part of me is like I should put my money where my mouth is then. Or Absolutely. Like even just say like, hey, you doing this amount of stand up is is worth something. You know, the first person that ever took me on the road opening for them was Maria Bamford. And Maria paid out of her pocket me the same. She matched what the club gave me. Oh, my God. Um, mm-hmm. Out of her pay, which I will remember till the day I die as yeah. being That's a so nice. classy move. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just think like she like did the same thing for me. Yeah. And I opened for one night at, at the Irvine Improv. Yeah. She so just, like, so really... she's she's a really good example of like you pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think, you know, just to like really talk about our background and what I think was so special about working with you is that I wanted to pay you to do stand up because I knew you were. I knew you had a future, and I wanted to encourage you 
in that and that ended up being the right choice also because like not just we're on this podcast not, right now. <laughs> not, not just did we like fall in love and get married but also you know your skill set has been so important i feel like you were downplaying your graphic design stuff and sure. i know that's because i didn't get paid to design anything but yes, you, yes, you did. Yeah, that office job is yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, but. Rhea had like a nine to five doing the eight to five. Yeah, doing like <laughs> graphic design grunt work basically. But then mm-hmm. that eventually led to Rhea designing a lot of comedy posters and flyers when we lived in Chicago. And then here when we moved to LA, you know, we basically were starting a small business together. Mm-hmm. And so I had like connections, experience, um, a like a general kind of like understanding of a small business because my dad has a small business. And then Rhea had like this kind of on the ground taste and ability. So like she would make all of our flyers. She would make she designed my album cover mm-hmm. for Same Sex Symbol, which is a which did really well and was like my breakout comedy album was mm-hmm. Rhea's design. And so I feel like we've really been able to benefit from having a bunch of different skills we are saying you felt like you didn't want her to just be a graphic designer. You wanted to encourage the like stand up road. Yeah, fully. I introduced Rhea the first time she mm-hmm. ever did stand up. So I got to see her first set and she's one of the first comics I've ever seen start with an understanding of who they are. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. like stand up is often a really great tool to talk who to like talk in circles about yourself until you figure out who yeah. you are like it's that's really what it is is people getting up on stage and being like i feel like i have something to say well i don't know what it is so i'll just you know like and but because ria started a little bit later than some comics like she started in her late 20s as opposed to her early 20s Which might be for the best <laughs> it is and also Sometimes. and also because of exactly what you're just talking about being a queer person in a place where like you had to explain what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you had an understanding of self that I saw right away and I was like, oh, this person has a future because they are speaking about themselves. And mm-hmm. that's like stand up is two skills. It's like speaking as a stand up and it's also self-knowledge. And mm-hmm. so if you have like one of those things in spades, when you start, you can develop the other one. Were you ever tempted or once you had started doing stand up to be like, no, this is not viable. I have to like just keep doing graphic design because I was a journalist for a long time and so a lot of times I'm like oh man I could have just like worked at a newspaper like I had another skill and I think a lot of people in LA are like I don't have another skill so yeah I mean I definitely I'm from the Midwest so my fear of failure is constant and (laughs) uh you know like I it's not immediate and so my background and my sort of died in the wool belief of like financial stability is like I need to be making money right now, right now, right now. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm not doing... Like, nobody in my family works out because that's so silly. You should just work out while you're working. That's what working is, you know? Like, uh, so, yeah, I mean... You mean because they have, like, labor jobs. Yeah, they don't. I mean, they do and they don't. They're, it's... Yes. I remember there being, like, a... I think it's a rosy quote of, like, people used to ask her what her backup plan and she, she was. And she was like, oh, I... If I have a backup plan, this isn't going to work. You know, like if yeah. you. But I feel like I started in my backup plan. And so I've done that. And I realized, like, well, that is not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I would like freelance design work for people if they were like interested in what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? I when would was do the it last that way. Um, when I made my own album cover. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's not that's not the last time. Once, uh, oh, we yeah. were delivering our television show, which will come out August 11th on CISO. Yep. And we were doing quality control. We were watching through it. And the main title. The opening. The opening over picture The credits. opening title sequence uh, was 
it was incorrect incorrectly designed and Rhea sat down and <laughs> made our title sequence <laughs> like the that, that show was actually includes the last time, yeah. uh, includes scenes of Rhea working as a graphic designer because yeah. it's like based on her lives so she was she was sitting designing a title sequence to go over footage of her sitting <laughs> doing graphic design yeah. <laughs> which is like amazing um but you know what I, I think maybe I have a different perspective on this too because like I feel like for me, where I sometimes get hung up is my small business is myself. Yeah, that's how you know? we feel. That's I'm, how I'm selling and I are. myself. Mm-hmm. And so there is, for me, like a natural feeling. It doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes it's just like, man, this is like gross. This is like a little bit <laughs> self-indulgent. Like there's, there's, a, there's a little bit of being really good at selling yourself mm-hmm. that sometimes feels like nerve-wracking because it's like... What if people don't like this product? Right. I have opened myself as a human being up to the types of judgment people put on, like, cars. Because, I mean, it's not me. It's a product. You know, it is like a – it's a business. but It's, it's your brand. But it's me. Yeah. And, like, that is a weird position to be in because mm-hmm. it's not – you can't be like, yeah, oh, I mean, you don't like the design of this Prius? <laughs> well, I get to go home. Like, I'm the Prius. Like, that is a weird <laughs> thing. It's a weird thing. And it's also I, – I feel that I have a specific mission to be here. I graduated from college and then 10 days later, Massachusetts became the first state to allow marriage equality. So in the middle of that is when I got my first job. Mm-hmm. in comedy. So the entire time that I've been doing comedy, I have been working within the framework of like the gay rights movement and marriage yeah. equality and it feels really important and still feels like there's so much work to be done. Yeah, and that's why it's also I think like, it's not but that's why I think it's not gross because then it's an argument of like I hope it's not. Yeah, because then it, to me it's an argument of like d- representation mattering and stuff. Like someone asked me on a podcast like, "Do you feel that your work has an agenda?" And I was like, it's almost all agenda. Correct. Yes, it's yeah, 100% yours. agenda. You like, can't. I'm not, you're not going to get, you're not getting me on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, no, it's 100% agenda. And then there's jokes, maybe. But like, yeah, that's why I don't think it's gross. But do you think, like, I didn't anticipate how much of this was going to be business or running a small business or how much of, like, this partnership was going to be looking at paperwork and business stuff and bank accounts and whatever. I love that part of it. You do? I am, I'm she a weirdo. So I'm a weird person. I'm a weird person. We have a really big, like, fundamental... I mean, I enjoy it. Do you hate it? This. I don't hate no, it. No, I don't think you hate it, but Rhea just have is a... better at being in the room mm-hmm. and hanging out with people and, like, being a chill... I'm like, a networking person. Yeah. and Not I can... that you're not good at it. That's not to say that. It's <laughs> just, like, if you're going to pick sides... Yeah, she's you're, the... You're the paperwork, quote-unquote. I'm yeah. the network. Yeah, the which cool is funny, because, like, kidding. I think probably also... I've just been doing it longer, so yes. I think people would assume the opposite. Because, yeah, I, but I think Rhea is good at making people feel comfortable. I am very driven, and sometimes on a woman that's um, mm-hmm. unattractive. And mm-hmm. so, like Rhea has a little bit more chill energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and- my parents are divorced. I had to make sure everybody was okay all the time. <laughs> oh, yep. I but had it- to be really good at communication because they were not. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you also have like a different level of uh, masculine energy than I do, and mm-hmm. we work primarily in a male-dominated field. So, mm-hmm. like, Rhea can sit and talk about the calves <laughs> with dudes. And the then I am, like, over in the corner the with, of like, one of those, uh, like, old-school, like, stenographer, you know, yeah, and, like, you a visor. Like, a visor. Like, <laughs> you know, like, and it's... We're, yeah, yeah. We're just good at different stuff. Before you had reps or whatever, like, did you understand asking for money or did you ever... 
like ask like hey I'm gonna do this thing for you I would like to get paid mm. I feel like until I had my manager to be like Matt you do it you ask them <laughs> yeah I mean I I think you do have to learn by doing because otherwise you're not going to realize like oh I should be getting paid for because then you're just walking into it being like pay me where that's like not necessarily the best uh, energy to go into something mm-hmm. with but then if you go do something and you're like oh I'm not getting paid for this and it's taking 12 hours and I'm not doing anything but I'm here and I could be doing other things like oh yeah my time is actually valuable yeah so it's like it's it's actually a really good thing for me to learn by doing when I was younger I didn't quite understand that I needed to get paid for things and a lot of times until Allison was like what are they paying you? Which is her first question for, about everything. Yeah. And I'm usually like, isn't this exciting? It's this, it's that. And mm-hmm. she's like, right. But like, do you know what you're getting paid? Even for this podcast, she was like, do you know what you're getting paid for this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I should look at the email. <laughs> like, I had no yeah. idea. But then, and then like, also, I, I've written about this a bit, about how I think particularly marginalized groups, like young queer people and young people of color, don't think to ask to get paid for things or don't like, they think that it's like, oh, wow, I'm even getting to do this. An I'm opportunity. Even getting- yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, again, I'm a little bit of an outlier in this because I just knew that I wanted to shift into having a full-time comedy career. Mm -hmm. And and in Chicago, at the time that I was working there, there was like zero entertainment industry except for spots Mm -hmm. at at, uh, the one comedy club that was open at the time. And that was – you couldn't go up there every night. So I like cobbled together – I set up an open mic with a bar that needed – patrons and i negotiated 150 bucks a night to host an open mic and then i i think started a stand-up class to do that i think they would no, be like this bar is gonna sure. let me do an open mic oh i know my God. what i'm saying is that i'm just a, a weirdo i'm no, like, but I that's set up, great but i that's set up a stand-up great. class yeah. and i set up the because i the, because women weren't being trained but you did all comedy. these things how many years into your into doing stand-up six years into stand-up no <laughs> no oh right yeah you are an outlier liar I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying I like figured out sure. that this is because a lot of like if you if you are in L.A., I think you are working towards like uh, your first payday maybe is coming from MTV or whatever right. it is. But it really was like rents very low there. You can kind of live low budget, which I really, really did. I like made very little money, but I really lived like frugally. And I just figured out like a bunch of different sources for money to come from. So like I had this class and I did live dates and I had an open mic and I wrote a blog that was sponsored by the Chicago Tribune and like <laughs> I did all of these weird little things mm-hmm. so like my taxes were hilarious yeah that's the, but, oh my but god it, it, that's but my like stress like, dream was, every night is taxes it was just like 20 bucks here and 100 bucks here and so I really think if you live outside of New York and LA because those cities are so expensive this would be a little more difficult to do for anybody that's trying to start as a stand up you can like figure out little bits here and there to free yourself up to have your nights so mm-hmm. that you can do stand up like that's that is my number one recommendation is like don't look for a single source like right, you're never yeah. going to get for the first 10 years of your stand up career and then also forever you know cuz cuz there's no Jerry Seinfeld Seinfeld model anymore like mm-hmm. that you're not going to get your one stand your one sitcom that pays the, your bills the rest of your life it's like you're going to you're going to have to learn how to cobble and then that skill is actually going to serve you very well cuz that's still even though I'm not at that income level that I was then, I th- still use that skill now, which is like a little bit from here, a little bit from here. Yeah, balance that's still your time. what we're doing. Yeah. Set up a merch store, set yep. up this, whatever, whatever, and then try Look to figure out. Look for any little way of monetizing in a fair way what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking like, 
of people doing like one open mic and then being like, okay, pay me. <laughs> you know, that all. But, no, yeah, yeah, well, you yeah, have to yeah. look for what, it, yeah. what's the, what is this market missing? What can I provide mm-hmm. people? And what's the fair price that I can put on that? Yeah. Oh my so, God. like, is this all from your dad? This is crazy. No, that's just from her brain. I mean, it, I don't know. I don't know. My dad is like a small business person, but I mean, this is just how I've always been. I'm a weird, I'm telling you, I'm a weird person. I'm an odd person. <laughs> no, but that's great. Do you, um, do you remember like any, like when you were getting serious and stuff, anything that you noticed about the way the other person sort of approached money or the way, cause like my boyfriend and I, like, I'm very bad with money and he comes oh. from like a wealthy, yep, 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 yep titular line, titular line. That's like when they say must love dogs in must love dogs. He comes from like a wealthier family. And so him being like, you don't have a savings account, like a couple years ago was like a huge like, he was like, you're a monster. Like, what is wrong with you? And also, like, I think coming from different back, like, I mm-hmm. come from a very, like, South Florida, white trash, sort of water boy type situation. And then he's like, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, and then he comes from, like, his father's like a heart surgeon in Milwaukee. And yeah. they're, like, very wealthy. That's funny. So was there any stuff like that? Well, I think part of the reason that I also was able to take these leaps into supporting myself doing stand-up in all these little ways is because... I didn't come from a family that is super wealthy, but I came from a family that I always knew I could call or could like I actually didn't ever, but I knew that I could. Mm -hmm. And like my parents paid for my college. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have college debt, which is a, it's, which is an Huge. enormous Huge. gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I'm not I'm not as risk averse as I think I would be if I had had to pay for my own college. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a huge gift that I have been given, and that I think has benefited our relationship because Rhea didn't have that like easy brizzy attitude, and I think that's something that we have needed. I also think that having that easy breezy attitude has limitations like you know you should be able to like um for instance know what your car insurance is (laughs) yeah um and i'm like not great at top of your head i'm not great at like i just didn't have to think about those things when Mm -hmm. i was younger and ria really did for herself and so she has like this very practical real world knowledge Mm -hmm. that I think I just kind of skipped in some ways. And again, did you notice how? When did you learn that about Cameron? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Of, I I think the car situation was when I really, because she's so good business wise and with money. Like she's very good with money. She tracks where her money is going. She's very frugal. <laughs> doesn't spend money on a lot of silly things. Um, but is also a person who lives a life. Because I also know people that are like that, but then they're just like, ah, nah, and they can't do anything ever. Yeah. Um, but when when we were trying to figure out our car, like when I moved here, I immediately got my California I knew that this plate. is what I was going to say, too. Uh, it well, took me, I, mean, it, I mean, now that this is now that this has been rectified, it's legally, it's it's legally okay. Now. It took me like three years to it's change my license plates, which is crazy. Illegal. And also, you know, like you have to change your license plates. But I just <laughs> I just was like, and her, but what if I don't care? Her and Rhea was like, what do you mean? You can't not care. It's illegal. It's legal or illegal. Like, it's not It's not a matter of caring or not. <laughs> there are two things. Care or don't care. Yeah, There's no legal or no illegal. Um, so, yeah, when she was getting 
But her were you like, how license, am I dating this person? She went to the DMV <laughs> and took no paperwork. And I was like, how do you not know that you need to prove who you are to the government? And she, I had to like drop off all her stuff. And then she didn't get her license plates. So then we had to go at a separate thing. And then I had to go stand in line with her at the DMV because she didn't know what to do. So if you're like, you have to join, you're getting married to someone, you have to join yeah. your bank accounts and all that well, we shit. we haven't done that. Right. So were you like, oh, no, this is I have to fix this. This is bad. No, I mean, what I realized is like, this is what I'm good at. This is what I want to do. So actually, like, in reality, it's what we're doing in our relationship is being okay with each other doing those jobs. Mm -hmm. And like, actually, it's not to say that we don't value those things in each other, but it's a daily thing to because I mean, it's a very heteronormative thing. It's a binary, right? Like the. House chores, those things are supposed to be the woman's job. And then going out and earning money and being business-minded is the man's job or whatever. So there's an inherent value in our society of money Mm -hmm. and making the money. And then the other stuff is just like, oh, who cares? That doesn't... You but just who get cares? it done. The but garbage so, will overflow. Right, be, exactly. like, everything will be horrible. You don't have enough bins. When I'm I started living for the bins, alone, it, yeah, yeah. When exactly. I started living alone and I realized that there was like a you had to do both things, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, are you kidding yeah. me? Well, but the other thing is that like, and this isn't even this is not to defend myself. This is just the truth. Is that like when we moved here, I had an in a large enough increase in my personal income that. Rhea could quit her job. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so what we figured out at that time is like, it really is this heteronormative thing that Rhea is talking about where for the first time in my life, I knew that what would benefit our family and our business the most was if Rhea didn't have to work 40 hours a week. Yeah. And so we had a and meeting. realistically, it was like 48 hours a right. week. Right. <laughs> well, and and also you were working for yourself as a, as a comic. Yes. You were working for us as a family business. So I was just like, let's remove that 40 hours and put it back into our business. So yeah. can you invest that 40 hours in our business and I will go and make the you know money to invest in our business. So it's like your time is money, right? So yeah. you're investing your time mm-hmm. and I'll invest my money and we'll have our small business grow that way. And it really ended up working for us, but it was very difficult because it is a weird thing to suddenly have in your life. Like it's not something that as two women, as queer women, like I don't think there was any training. There was no expectation. Um, and it's also, you know, Rhea wasn't like at home taking care of kids. She was at home working for our business, designing things or mm-hmm taking the trash out like that helps Washing the business your too like so that you could go on tour and like not have to be stressed about like not having clothes i to would pack. tour from, right. i would tour from like wednesdays to sundays come home ria would wash my clothes for me mm-hmm. and repack my bag and i would leave and it was like this very unusual step for both of us i think no ne- neither of us saw it coming but it ended up being the right thing but you haven't merged all your stuff no uh no we decided We're- to stay separate um because really, for a while, Rio was functioning as my employee, like mm-hmm. even to the government and stuff. Like that's how we are set up. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, Rhea... that's what they say for gay marriages. That <laughs> one has to be the other one's one employee. No. employee. <laughs> but I mean, like I, I am a corporation, and Rhea yeah. is not yet a corporation, so she's my employee. Oh, thanks, she's, Obama. She's the employee <laughs> of my corporation. Um, but that this year, that will change because Rhea's had a change in her income, and so mm-hmm. it, it's just like an evolving thing that we'll see how it continues to go. But it is like, and it's cool that there's amazing. no rules. That there's no like rules of like. 
you know, some guy going on Reddit being like, my wife makes more than me and I'm upset. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, yeah. that wasn't an but inherent thing. But it is thing. still hard. It's hard yeah, to I mean, take care of It was very difficult to be taken care of. I mean, I did not like it. Yeah. <laughs> Why? It's, well, because I've taken care of myself since it, since I was in college. I mean, for a long ass time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very weird to just be like, I don't know, like, sure, I won't actually make any money. And I'll do laundry. Like it was just not. But was, time is money. I mean, is it such was more a huge than that. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's so it was. Di- it was a difficult hurdle to get over. But uh, it's still. Over it. it still is. It's still. Even if you know that's true, mm-hmm. you know, there's still moments where like, I would feel a lot of pressure because we had something coming up that like we paid for our own wedding, and I yeah. was like, you know, I have to bring in the money to pay for our wedding. Like that's a that's a pressure situation, and in those moments, there is something in your brain that's like damn, this is too much, you know, Mm -hmm. or Rhea would constantly be like, I don't feel like I'm contributing enough. And of course, I know that's not true. The business would cease to function if she wasn't available with her time. Because there's so many little things that you don't even think about that the other person has to be doing. Allison has no, she writes a lot of our stuff. She has no tech knowledge, zero, (laughs) zero. So like the amount that Mm -hmm. I have to even just be like, this is a hyperlink. This is how you (laughs) like, that is like, so without the two of us, it wouldn't like, yes, I have no idea what's going on with our bank account. That's her. But also she's like, how do we post our videos? (laughs) Like that, do you know what I mean? Okay, that's not me. But but Leah does know all of that stuff in such a detailed way. It's like yeah, I mean, really, so I, I feel bad. Credits, so. Right. So I feel bad sometimes of like, oh, I'm not contributing. But then it's like, I'm contributing exactly what you can contribute. I also think if you're going to account for every moment and try and make it completely oh, fair, yeah. that's impossible. Yeah. Right. You so can. you just have to know, like, we have agreed that we are not going to try to figure out if this is truly equal. Right. And then we're going to feel equal. Right. Yeah. I mean, regardless, I felt, I felt upset. I had to go. We were writing this book. We can probably, uh, Allison and I are writing a book. And, uh, Allison, hey, congrats. Thank you. Hey, meatball. Uh, and Allison was like, I'm going to finish this chapter. And I said, okay, I have to go do this interview with, with a publication that doesn't have anything to do with you. It's just about me. And then I was like, I feel bad that this was scheduled when we were like on our writing day. And I was like, because you're going to write this chapter and I won't, you know. And then she was like, anything that you do that elevates your visibility helps both of us. So it's fine. 100%. So you're, so you're, and I had not thought of it that way. I was feeling very, very, very guilty. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about that all the time. We talk about that all the time because obviously we audition for the same parts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's just every lesbian in Los Angeles in one room. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So people ask me like, oh, you know, is that difficult? I'm like, yeah, it's it's weird and hard. But also, ultimately, like, it's good for our family. It's good for our business. No matter who gets it. No matter who gets it. And it's probably ultimately not either of us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like (laughs) definitely definitely a straight person. A straight person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I always think I'm like, it's so good that Allison and I have different hair colors because UTA just put us in different files. (laughs) (laughs) I also think UTA put me in like a folder for lesbians and then just sends me out to anything. And I'm like, okay. But then I go into the audition room and it's like butch women. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, you read it better. Like you have to, you yeah. can't just have like two all the lesbians yeah, you represent. Yeah. Have like, a better understanding of gender. I know it's so crazy. Uh, I mean, yeah, but all this is also true because we just made this show together, and there were like we were both the showrunners on the show, mm-hmm. and there were 
actually things we were booked for, other things that we knew we couldn't say no to, like late night sets mm-hmm. or TV appearances or whatever, and we would just have to leave the other person there to do like two people's work. Right. Which is very frustrating for the person that's left behind. And you have to just keep in your mind like, she is helping the family. <laughs> right. And you guys are actually true. married and Allison and I are just like, I don't know what, <laughs> just like in a weird code. Well, you're a family friendship. too, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I've never had this much paperwork or money involved in a friendship. So yeah. It's more than that. It's, it's probably a, yeah. better, actually. Oh, than yeah. A friendship with no paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make plenty of friendships sign. that I wish I had paperwork for. <laughs> I have invested so much in this, and honestly, you're being a little ridiculous. She did that one time before we even really had anything. We were just like starting as comedy partners, and she, she gets drunk maybe twice a year. And she was. Uh, we were at a holiday party and she was drunk and she cornered me in a bathroom and went, I am invested in this and I need to know <laughs> that you are invested. And then my girlfriend yeah. at the time came in and then Allison went, I hate when you have a girlfriend because she can come in the bathroom too. And I was like, <laughs> all right, time to go home now. <laughs> um, so you determine the relationship. You DTR. We DTR, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that the other person, I guess we talked about this a little bit, that has changed your approach to money based on what the other person does or that drives you crazy or that you like, you know, I feel like my mom being like buying something and then saying, don't tell your father. It's like a big <laughs> thing that I think about with like relationships and money. I think we actually are both really nervous about spending money. We're mm-hmm. both like thrifty people mm-hmm. and i think one thing that's very funny is that there isn't really the person who's like loose like just shedding like a lucy and ricky like one person yeah, yelling at just the other like person. tossing yeah. uh which is annoying in its own way because i think we would both benefit from having somebody that said like yo relax everything's gonna be okay instead we yeah. just turn to each other and we're like is it gonna be okay like <laughs> like we need a less nervous person i d- yes i i fully admit that i have anxiety and i'm very nervous but i do think that I tend to be the voice of vacation. Oh, more often. That's I what mean, I was gonna say. Someone being say like, that, "We should take a vacation." Yeah, I mean, Rhea does say we should I take mean, a vacation. Vacation in terms of like, hey, let's take three hours off this afternoon. Like, oh, <laughs> not that like, is not like let's go to Jamaica. That is hilarious. No, I, that, but it's not fully true. Like, you've had a bunch of traction come up lately in your personal career, and I think you realize that it's really hard. It is. To take the time. I mean, the whole time we've been together, we've been in really different places. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I have years on Rhea. I'm just Mm -hmm. ahead of her in terms of the trajectory of careers. But, like, she's going to catch me. Because Pokemon Go. Yeah, because Pokemon (laughs) Go. Because, you know, your your career in entertainment, if you want to do this with your life, it'll be a lifelong career and hopefully your life will be long. That's what I have to think about with competition and jealousy. I have to be like, it's immediate feeling that yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with longevity of career there's the person that gets the show and then there's the moment that show is canceled like it, right you know, it's all a long a long game and so um there's gonna be a moment when you're getting stuff and then i'll have to be like calm down and i'm a real I mean, I think... megan mullally nick nick offerman situation <laughs> that's right i always think about that yeah about like Good job guys i'm know. so proud of you i don't know how you did this i yeah do but Cameron also, to compliment, like, in terms of money, when you were touring and the times we were talking about that I was, like, doing your laundry and stuff, you, like, invested... This is going to sound silly, but I do not mean it in a silly way. You, like, invested in your wardrobe in a way that, like, I hadn't thought about before. Like, I've always really liked clothes and fashion and stuff and always really been interested in it. But then I was realizing, like, oh, I'm wearing, like, the same five shirts in mm-hmm. these 
pictures and it's like maybe not necessarily putting the best foot forward. So anyway, that was just a, I just want to give you that compliment. I like reinvested in my wardrobe. <laughs> So it important, though. Clothes, it sounds like such a, a funny compliment. But no, I, I do think well, so. I really mean it. Like, valuing something that you maybe have been taught to be like, oh, this is vanity or pride or something. But actually, like, it's just saying, like, hey, I care about I care about me. Mm-hmm. And me yeah. is saying things I care about. No, so. you're right. I mean, that, that actually was a... I mean, again, I, like, spent, you know, 10 years doing comedy, spending no money. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, then suddenly you're like, oh, yeah. I have to just on stage. On yeah, stage, yeah. As a woman, you um, you're not afforded the luxury of oh yeah, phoning it in mm-hmm. in terms of your look. You have to be at least clean and neat, and at even least on wearing things that fit you. And on that our is YouTube hard. channel, like a like yeah. a lot of the comments are about our hair and makeup or mm-hmm. our whatever. Like, and we ran out of clothes, and we can't stop. We can't wear the same clothes in our videos, and it's like become this whole thing. Yeah, I it's agree. pretty serious, man. Yeah. Um. Oh, God, this is just so our producer, I'm going to call him out right now. He writes questions. And one of the questions here is him talking about you guys. And I'm supposed to say this, but it's just very funny. It's in Sam's (laughs) voice. I listen to your podcast and I almost feel like I'm sitting on your couch in your living room. Does it ever? This is just Sam's feelings (laughs) about your podcast. It's adorable. Um, Does it ever get complicated when your income is tied with how much your personal lives you're willing to share and reveal? Thank you, Sam. That's just like the cutest question. No, it really is. And actually, I have to I have to say this is Sam, because I know you're listening. (laughs) This is this is one thing where I think if Rhea and I had a disagreement, the whole relationship could not work. But we are really different people. We have really different backgrounds. We have really different stage presence. Everything about us is different. But. This is one thing that we have, like, no difference on, and and I think that's really important. Like, we both feel it's important to share things from our lives for, like, a social justice reason. Yes. We both also believe that we're in a moment of stand-up where you do excavate from your own life. And then the other thing is um, we both feel like there's a limit. Like, our limit is pretty similar. Um, We tend to not overshare. And if there's ever a moment where that happens i think we both know it immediately mm-hmm. and there's like apologies backstage that you're not privy to uh <laughs> but but like it has it hasn't happened them it has much. not happened that much and there's only been a couple times and then it's very mm-hmm. clearly like hey that's not something and then you know we move away from mm-hmm. that and also like we do, we also decided very early on that there's no calling topics like there's no like hey this is mine we, you can't talk about this well we do discuss <laughs> things that happen in our lives like it, we just we game it out like, which I think is actually what. But we don't say we both can't have a joke about something. It's like we can't make the same joke about something, but yeah. we can both talk about a thing. Oh, yes. man. When I was I was doing stand up for a while and uh, when I was and I was dating Josh Gondelman. And one time we were at what a, a dude. I know. Great. Great. Wonderful person. And we I one time we had like a physical, not even a physical, but like a wrestling thing. Like we were like so because we both thought of something at the same mm-hmm. time. And then we were like fighting each other about it playfully. But yeah. I was like, I think we just literally like little sibling like wrestled for who gets this. <laughs> I have accidentally said. Yeah. And you've done it, too, because mm-hmm. we used to t- we have toured together also right. extensively. Rio would do like a half hour. I would do an hour. And that's like enough time that occasionally, like we would say each other's 
things, uh, yes. sentence that the other person says. Yeah. And then that is the worst. It's yeah. bad. That is, that is the, the worst. worst. Yeah. We definitely got into each other's cadences a lot. Yeah. Which is why that I had, happens I had with to, a like, couple anyway, though. No, you gotta get a, you gotta get away from yeah, that. But yeah. Stand up cadence is very specific. Right. And then if you start talking, especially as women, because people are like, "Oh, you sound like Tig or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just. They, I like only... that you are whatevered when you know clearly the that's only what thing everyone says has ever me. anybody has ever said to you is that you sound yeah. like have you tried <laughs> one of you being blonde and one of you yeah. being brunette it's really worked out for <laughs> me and Allison well why do you think I have this long side what's something that you spend money on that you refuse to compromise that might be silly well do you want to say jackets or food <laughs> <laughs> Food you can't compromise on. You have to yeah. eat jackets. Well, I mean, but I just we've gotten to this point where yeah, I mean, I you have, know what it is. I have I've been investing money in in self care over the last year, which has oh, been yeah. really different for me. So what I mean by food and jackets is what I mean is like I'm buying the nicer version of something. I've been having like a lot of shoulder problems, so I've been getting massages, like mm-hmm. things that. Are they're not necessary? It's but yeah. they make life livable. So yeah, <laughs> Rhea's self care is to throw out a first, not pitch. just throw throw a first pitch for the Cleveland Indians, but to be drafted and play. <laughs> sure, yeah. is that what it's called in baseball? <gasps> it is drafted. drafted yeah, yeah. Rhea incredible. wants to play for the Cleveland Indians <laughs> at third base because no, she got such a good arm. That would, I mean, I don't even know. I honestly don't even know if that's true, but that seems great. She does play baseball. It's, I mean, Slash, I, baseball I like that you just week. covered your face and said, this is stressing you out. This is not how sports work. I know that's not how sports work. <laughs> Nobody is going to even just not putting gonna, it out there. Somebody's going to be like, you think you're good enough? And, and then, then I have to deal with that. But I mean, like, then, I know Panoply is like a pretty you guys have big like network, a, but I don't think they can do this. And then your breadwinner situation changes no. entirely because Rhea no. signs like a $2 million contract. All of a sudden, I'm rookie of the year. $2 million is not the number. I was thinking forty million dollars <laughs> yeah, sure. to pitch for the Cleveland Indians, yeah. and yeah, then they're yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, is, isn't your wife some kind of like comedian? Who cares? Low level, <laughs> like low level comedian." You're like, "Yeah, uh, wait, what?" <laughs> um, yeah, so oh. obviously this is going to happen. And by the way, Rhea should be a pitcher. What, what, what's your speed? I'm, is no, it like I'm thirty? A, I'm not a pitcher. Five miles an hour. I'm, what? I'm like, Even <laughs> I know that that's not fast. You have it's like. I, Hundred miles an hour. I know Rhea doesn't have a hundred mile an hour fast. Not at all. She does I'm a utility infielder. Thank you so much for being <laughs> on my podcast, Gabby. Yes, it was a pleasure. I mean, look, it's going to be really hard when they adopt me as their child, and then I work for them because it's going to be like, oh, how do we fire our adopted child? It's so like. We promote our adopted child, people will think it's nepotism. These are real problems we're going to have to deal with when I live with them. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Bad With Money. If you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a rating. And be sure to tell all your friends who are bad with money that this is the place for them. Also, feel free to tell your friends who have joint checking accounts with their spouses, and that apparently works somehow. Do your partners not judge you for buying too many hot cookies at Coldstone? Okay, first of all, those things are good. We're part of the Panoply Network. Our producer is Sam Dingman. Laura Mayer is Panoply's director of production, and Andy Bowers is our chief content officer. Our engineer is Jeremy Underwood. Original music for our show is composed by Zach Sherwin, Mike Kaplan, and Jack Dolgen. Our catchy theme song is performed by Sam Barbera. Our show art is by Cameron Glavin. I'm Gabby Dunn, and I will talk to you next time. Bye! I thought it went great. It did? 
Okay, I think great. so. Yeah. This is money. You don't have it. to feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is money. This yeah. is money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is money. <laughs> Hear me, the money. Ooh, right? Yeah. Because it's. I, okay. You know what I mean? They're gonna cut this out, probably. Yeah. 